Welcome to the Alternative Property Management Podcast, brought to you by Renty and the PMC. A conversation between passionate property management specialists and guests leading up to the PMC conference on the 14th and 15th of November. Hosted by David Faulkner, Harrison Vaughn, and Will Alexander, and powered by Renty, who just want to make renting enjoyable. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Alternative Property Management Show. I am your host, David Faulkner, and today I am coming to you from the west coast of New Zealand. I am in Greymouth, one of the greatest places in the world, and I felt like a tourist today. I'm driving from Christchurch over the Arthur's Pass across to to Greymouth. What a fantastic drive that is. Will Alexander, the Alan Turing of property management, have have you cycled over this, Will? Have you done the coast-to-coast at all? No, no, I haven't done the coast to coast, and I actually haven't ridden over Arthur's Pass. But I believe last time you were probably doing that. Didn't you jump into a or try to jump into a frozen lake in your undies? Oh shit! Yes, yes, I did. I did. That was when we had the ice challenge, and it got videoed by um, guy at Property Brokers, and I stripped down to my undies, and it was like one degrees. And I was with um, God, uh, Ian Walsh who was the manager at the time, Sonia Booth, and. There I am doing like Madam Butterfly on the ice in my undies, and that's it. Absolutely freezing. Oh, that would have been a bloody eyesore. Well, it was an eyesore, and it was a testicle sore. I'll tell you that as well. And also joining me is Harrison Vaughan. If Mark Zuckerberg and Harry Potter could have a child, they would create Harrison Vaughan from Tommy's Property Management. Harrison, welcome. How's your week been, mate? Oh, not too bad. Just been. Um... You know, enjoying the lovely weather that we always get down here in Wellington. Lots of winds, lots of rain and lots of clouds. And you know what? I got a shock this week, mate, because um, I took a look at my daughter, who, as we talked about last week, Ella, who works for you, she sent me this picture of her. And she's got to be on billboards all across Wellington. And she's got new parents. What's that about, mate? Yeah, no, she's been a, she's been adopted by a, a little Tommy's family for a bit of a family billboard campaign. So her and Caleb are brother and sister. Caleb's one of our marketing people, and two of the two of the agents are in there as a mum and dad. So no, that goes live I think in about a month or so across across Wellington. Well, it's got to be bloody weird, isn't it? Driving around Wellington and looking at a billboard, and there's my daughter on the billboard. She's just she goes from strength to strength. This woman. Anyway, Will, how's your week been, mate? What have you been up to? Oh, been been awesome, thank you. Up in Auckland at the moment, um, growing, holding on for dear life. Um, it's just um, been been very very exciting. The booking tour has uh, hit the ground. Uh, it's just landed really really well. Um, lots of exciting stuff going on. The team are firing on all cylinders. Um, mate, we're, we're good. We're good. And that booking tool is really good. And uh, we've got it used there at Property Brokers. And Will, we've got you speaking at the PMC, which is coming up. Um, in November, uh, have you worked out what you're going to be talking about yet? Um, no, but I'm actually writing two presentations at the moment. I'm speaking next week twice on one day at the summit conference, and uh, it's good. It's getting the whole sort of uh, the juices flowing again. Um, I'm talking about what makes a great property management team, which is oh. something that I absolutely love because as you know when you walk in and out of branches all day working in these big companies you can feel it as soon as you walk into an office you can feel if it's clicking 
you can feel the energy and you know i love that stuff and so i'm pretty excited about talking about that so probably something to do with property management well, I hope so, Will. It's a bloody property management conference. I don't want you talking about cycling anyway, but you could potentially talk about something like that. I don't know. Anyway, I mean, one of the exciting things, we'll keep on the conference for a minute before we get on to our topic today, because this kind of relates a little bit to what we're going to be talking about. We've got Chloe Swarbrick. Now, Chloe Swarbrick's going to be a part of a political debate, and we've also got Brooke Van Velden, who's the deputy leader for the ACT Party in a political debate as well, talking about the housing crisis. I actually got an email from someone about the conference who said, oh, I'm not going because you've got Chloe Swarbrick speaking at the conference and she's a bloody this, this. I thought, what a muppet. You know, I'm like, mate, we've got a political debate. I can't have everybody on the right-hand side of the political spectrum talking amongst themselves because that's boring. You need to have different views. Now, Chloe Swarbrick, she talks a lot about adopting rent controls. Now, and this is what really today's topic of uh, our discussion is going to be about. We've seen the the four-letter word rent controls rear its ugly head again in the media recently. The Greens have been a big supporter of it. Uh, I'm not a supporter of it. Though in saying that, Chloe Swarbrick, she's a bloody intelligent lady. I've met, I've interviewed her. Um, she, she talks very highly about regulating the property management industry, which we agree about. Well, I suspect ACT will take a different view to it, where they'll go, we don't want rent controls and we don't want regulation because it adds more bureaucracy. Um, so that's going to be a really interesting debate at the PMC. But in the news this week, what came out was from the uh, Human Rights Commission and the, and the Chief Human Rights Commission, a gentleman by the name of Paul Hunt, wrote an article asking for a rent controls or for a rent freeze so we can increase rents. But then also uh, asking or, or saying that tenants are being discriminated against and the balance of power is with the landlords. Will, I'll come to you first on this, because you know, you've had to do a lot of work with the Privacy Commission around changes um, in how tenant applications are being dealt with. Can you give us some indication, Will, as what you've had to work through with the Privacy Commission to make sure that the rentee product is compliant and it's protecting um, tenants and prospective tenants' rights. Yeah, certainly. Well, it was a significant piece of work, and we worked closely with Jackie Adams, who's who is great, by the way. You know, he's um, he's a, a really easy person to work with and very very keen to help um, the agency, uh, the industry, get it right. But yeah, um, you know, we're we're adhering to the thirteen principles, the privacy principles. Um, you know, at no stage whatsoever through the entire process is there any way of discrimination. No one's going to get discriminated against. I mean, in, in this uh, this article saying that people, uh, specific people will be discriminated against, I don't know where he's getting that information from, but we are processing thousands and thousands of applications on a daily basis. And... It always is the same thing. The right, the best person for the property um, gets gets the property. I mean, people just don't discriminate like that, and I don't know where they're getting that information from. But there is no really any way of discriminating. Um, you know, you're picking the best person for the property. And it doesn't matter what they look like, what shape they are, where they're from, what they believe in. 
no one cares. You want the right person. You just want someone that pays the pays the pays the rent, looks after the property. That's it. It doesn't matter. I think these these I think things saying things like that is really really dangerous because a it's not true from what we see, and b it's just divisive. It just it 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 puts fuel on a fire that's already yeah. simmering and. It's not constructive. It, I think it's entire rubbish. Okay, so Harrison, let me turn to you, mate. Is this potentially a misunderstanding on Paul Hunt of the Human Rights Commission? Is he potentially thinking, oh, these people can't afford the rent and therefore they're being discriminated against? I feel like that's very critical because... At the end of the day, we have an obligation to our client. We need to ensure that the rent, you know, payments are going to be met. And it's like when you apply for a credit card, when you apply for a gym visa, they ask you how much you earn because it's a financial matter. So to me, we, we need to know how much they're earning. You don't want to put someone in a property that's $800 a week and they're earning 700 Yeah. Or, you know, or they're only earning 900 because they've got nothing left to feed the family to make to make ends meet. So, you know, we need that information to, to make a fair judgment call. It's nothing to do with, with who the person is or what they look like or anything like that. It's, it's purely a, a mathematical equation. So, so I'm just going to read a quote. I'm just going to say, I'm just going to read a quote from the article, which I think is, is kind of, because it almost felt like an attack on the property management industry saying that there's widespread yeah. discrimination taking place, which is absolute rubbish as, as far as I'm concerned. So I'll just quote you this, quote, Tangata Whenua, Pacific peoples, disabled peoples, members of the rainbow community, those living in poverty and one-parent families are more likely to face yes. discrimination in the rental sector and have a harder time finding a suitable affordable rentals. Well, the second I part... Don't know where they're getting that from. Yeah, the second they, part they, may be correct. Yeah, yeah. That is absolute bullshit. I'm sorry. Um, uh, where the hell are you getting that from? You can't... There's no way of measuring that. That's rubbish. I mean, the rainbow community, where does that come from? <laughs> I mean, honestly, that is... In one-parent families, what... I mean, that's like a, a decent proportion of New Zealand's population. Yeah. No one cares. Yeah, yeah. I mean, from, from, from a property management industry, I mean, I think the key thing is that you, the things that you're looking at is, A, first thing, can they afford the rent? All right? And, and, and there's part of me that thinks that there's, a, there's an element of society that doesn't want, I mean, we talked about it in I think it was our first episode, that don't want landlords. And, and and they also seem to think that if you own a rental property, you are there for social good. You're not there to make money. You're doing it for, but, so if that was the case, why would you do it? I mean, I can I can understand where you can say, yep, Tangata, Fenua, Pacific Peoples, the, a higher proportion of them rent in relation to other uh, demographics of society, but that's is that discrimination or is that just a historical? You know, where, where there was misgivings in, in previous generations, which have, have led to Maori suffering. 
Well, the discrimination um, part of the RTA has always been in there, hasn't it? You know, it's always been an unlawful act. It's a $3,000 fine. Um, that's nothing new. It's always been there. Well, it's more than that now, Will. It, it's six and a half thousand. So, um, yeah. Six and a half. Pardon. So, I mean, um, it used to be three, didn't it? So, um, I mean, that's always been there. Um, look, I, I, I think at the end of the day, it's um, it's a very black and white process. There's, it's not a subjective decision. It's an objective decision. Um, and you're looking at can they afford the rent? Um, do they meet the minimum criteria from the from the landlord? And yes or no, pretty much. I've never, in my experience of almost 15 years in the industry, ever had a landlord that said, I don't want a specific race, sex, um, belief, whatever. I've never, ever heard or seen that. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to I, I'm just going to play devil advocates a little bit. Go on. I would say there is a small pool of private landlords that do think that way, yep. and and that is why they're private landlords, because no professional industry or no professional company will work with them, because you can't, you can't have that mindset in today's day and age, and unfortunately there are still some landlords stuck in the 60s. This is where, this is where regulation will help, uh, and, and because the penalties, and you could lose your licence to operate if you, if you do... Yep. You know, and you're proven to, to discriminate. I'm with you, Harrison. Um, I do think there's a small pool who will. Uh, and I remember my days in property management. I certainly had to deal with landlords who certainly would say I don't want a particular race. I tell you, the people who I found were discriminated the most against was Indians. And, and that was around, you know, um, cooking. And, and landlords didn't want to have to deal with, with the smells of curries and when the tenants move out, which... With blatant discrimination. So, you know, it does go on, but it is a very, very, very small percentage. And and, and I, I, I don't think it's it, it's worthy of such grandest headlines as what as what Mr. Hunt has come up with. You know. Um, anyway, I'll go on to another thing that he's, he's talked about in his article. He believes that there's a power imbalance in the favour of landlords. Uh, Harrison. Is it a power imbalance? No, I mean, no, personally, I don't think there is. The The tenancy tribunal or tenancy services have been set up to be, you know, a mediation between the landlord and the tenant. Um, and, and with the few experiences I've had with the tenancy tribunal here in Wellington, I would say it is more of a service for the tenants than the landlord. It is definitely there to help them you know, get out of sticky situations when, when they've got nowhere else to turn to. Um, the, you know, there is, in my opinion, there is more assistance given to the tenants in the court hearings and the court cases, and is, they are... Is that fair? Um, they tend to get a bit more help. Is that fair? Well, I would say that, you know, the the balance is, is, is as fair as it could be at the moment. Right, okay. Well, what's your thoughts, mate? I think um, over the last few years, I can understand why there feels like there was a power imbalance. I mean, we all know that it was very much a landlord market for a long time. I mean, there was a lack of available properties. Lots of properties were selling because of people realising capital gains and the rental pool in a lot of areas was shrinking. So I definitely understand and for the, there would be a perception out there that it was... Um, uh, a power imbalance, but um, no, I think all the tools are in place now to make sure that everyone has a 
fair hearing. And if there is a disagreement or anything like that, um, you know, people will have an opportunity to, to plead their case. And, um, uh, you know, um, the, all the amendments to the Act are um, to make sure that, um, you know, there's security of tenure. Um, I think maybe, you know, comments like that just sound to me a little bit ignorant because um, if they explore or go a little bit deeper, there there is no power imbalance, really. I think it is quite fair. Okay. I'll, I'll give, this is my take. I think the tenants, and rightfully, have never had more rights in this country. And, yeah. and if it goes too far, then you drive your landlords out. Now, whether there's an element um, in society that doesn't want private landlords, right, that, that's fine. That, that, they're, they're entitled to their opinions because we live in a democracy. But the reality is, is that we do need mum and dad landlords they are not part of the problem they are part of the solution and if you make it harder and harder and harder and you start implementing rent controls and you develop a huge task force of bloated bureaucrats going around inspecting rental properties which he is suggesting um you know who's going to be a landlord and who's going to house all these tenants um, so, I mean, it would it, it so, not work. So, Harrison, um, based on your portfolio at the moment, what percentage of them do you think have a positive cash flow annually? Oh, I would say it would probably be 60-40 with us. With 60% would be positive, but... With that positive, some of them are only just scraping by. You know, they're only just making a hundred dollars a month or fifty dollars a week. Yeah. Um, there are a few that are making a few bits. Um, and there's think, a big chunk that are breaking even or having to top it up themselves because of the increased costs. Yeah. Definitely not the. You know, my landlords aren't holding massive bags of money and running off to the bank like all these people make them out to be. I'd say majority of landlords are cash flow negative. And, and, and they're having to top, and they're having to top up from their own income, particularly now that we've got this interest deductibility, which has come into play. A lot of investors renew their mortgages across their portfolio. Oh, yeah. We're going to see the pressure hit, and we're going to have to see rent rent prices go up, put more pressure on renters, more vacancies. I think we're going to see another wave of that sometime in the not so distant future. Well, that, that, that's the, the point of my question is, um, is, you know, there again is a misconception out there that landlords are walking around with bags of money. I mean, the reality is um, most of them are losing money per year or barely making money. Um, and the only time they do make um, a considerable money is if they do sell, but there is now 10-year bite fine and um, all that sort of stuff. So, um, you know... Um, I think then there is a huge misunderstanding there. I mean, that's it's yeah, it's not easy to make a buck out of a rental property at the moment. So, you know, what do you expect? Of course, people are going to increase rents. I mean, it's not to make lots of money. It's just to offset um, the costs of everything at the moment. And if someone feels that the rent increase is unfair, they can challenge that in the tribunal. I mean... Uh, again, all all the tools are there to make sure that everyone is heard fairly. Yeah. Okay. So so in his report or in this um, in his opinion piece, um, 
Paul Hunt has, has basically said that there should be more emphasis on tenancy services going into rental properties and inspecting rental properties because it's not the tenant's responsibility. It shouldn't be the tenant's responsibility to do this because of fear of retribution. Now, what's your thoughts on that comment? Is that fair enough? Or are we just going to create an even bigger behemoth of a public sector servant, which is millions of taxpayers' money being spent to fund it? Or or is it needed? What's your thoughts? It's a, a double-edged sword, that one. Obviously, you've got the massive increased cost from having to run this department that's going to have to try and inspect every residential property. I'm guessing it would probably be on, like, in every sort of three or three-year basis or something. But I, I could see it being a powerful tool for the property managers when trying to talk the property, talking their landlords into reinvestment into the home, making improvements, because they've now got a government body coming and saying, look, that's not acceptable. It's no longer the property manager. They're not just going to go to another company who finds that that property acceptable. So from a property manager standpoint, I think it's actually a fantastic idea. It would take a lot of the pressures off being a property manager, but then what is the increased cost to society and the country in terms of running that division? Well, good idea or bad idea? Um, look, I, I think uh, the, the government has got no track record of executing any of these ideas. So, um, uh, no, uh, I think, again, just a waste of money and time. Yeah, maybe wait till nationals. Are... That, that, well, I'd say, I'd say um, listen, this is my take on it, right? I think it's just an utter waste of taxpayers' money. We've already got the Tenancy Compliance Investigation Team. Now, they may be under-resourced, and they may argue that they're under-resourced. But let's, let's just, how, what's the cost-benefit of having the Tenancy Compliance Investigation Team compared to the amount of landlords? This could be another topic. Compared to the amount of landlords that have been able to take to task and how much money has been awarded through the Tenancy Tribunal because of the Tenancy Compliance Investigation Team. I actually think it, it, it's, I mean, I've just done a, a, my own little opinion piece on this Paul Hunt article. And my argument is yeah. it should be about tenants' education because there is no power imbalance anymore. Tenants have got nothing to fear. They, you know, they got name suppression in the Tenancy Tribunal. They can't be given 90 days notice without a valid reason. And if they are, they can challenge it. They can be awarded $6,500 in exemplary damages. If a landlord refuses to fix something and it goes to tribunal, you get a work order. If the landlord breaches a work order, there's a further $5,000 in exemplary damages. And then the tenant can withhold rents and pay for the repair until the cost of repair has been covered by what they've not paid in rent. You know, tenants have got all the power in the world now. What isn't happening is education. And I think opinion pieces like this cause more damage than good. If you actually said, look, these are the rights that you've actually got, we'll be able to get something done. That's my rant. That's my rant. I've had my little rant. Thoughts on that, guys? Well, well said. Education is absolutely key. And, you know, I was down in Taranaki last week um, spending time with uh, Pam Heist. Um, at McDonald's Real Estate, and they do monthly educational things with tenants. They are really supportive of um, um, tenants. They are showing them how to 
um, you know, uh, be successful applicants, they're teaching them how to apply for properties, they're educating them. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're doing amazing stuff. And that's one example of many, many people out there. And, and um, you know, uh, th this stuff, that there is no, it's not a fair representation of what's going on in this industry. I mean, uh, this industry, professional property managers absolutely care um, they care about the tenants, they care about the landlords, um, they uh, are pro-education and if the government came out and had a really good um, uh, infrastructure for educating people, then that would solve a lot of problems. People would feel empowered to, to, to make sure that the rules are followed. Has there been enough engagement with our industry around how to make life better for renters? And landlords, for that matter, because we need them. We we can't just be all about protecting tenants. There's got to be some something there for the landlords as well, because they are providing a valuable service to the country. They are. They are. And that, it's like kicking a dog when it's down at the moment. Okay. Okay. So anyway, they don't, honestly, Dave, they, they don't engage at all really with our industry. They put a couple of people they speak to, but you know, I mean, we've never been engaged with in any sort of, of topic. And I know there's a lot of people out there that have a lot of a voice in the industry that aren't um, questioned. So, yeah. no, I don't think they engage enough with us or with, or with private landlords. Um, they seem to make decisions with other other people that don't seem really that related to the industry. So the, 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 the suggesting you're making, I mean, look, I know that they have spoken with bodies like the Real Estate Institute. It, it's whether there's, there's a difference between talking and listening. Uh, and whether they're acting on 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 what they were hearing, or whether they're just going to people which fit their political agenda, and and taking that narrative. I tell you, one of the things I want to talk about, guys, and get your opinions on this as well. Renters United came out. I actually uh, thought this wasn't a silly idea, uh, and rather than targeting landlords, they targeted local councils, saying that you're not doing enough to inspect properties that maybe. Um, not compliant and started to lobby against local councils. Now, the Real Estate Institute did a webinar today on unlawful residential dwellings, and I reckon a lot of people who would have tuned into that webinar would have got a bit of a shock because I reckon there's quite a few non compliant properties being rented out across the country. This is where you've got subdivided flats without consent. And, and you know, the Renters United have a valid point there. Yeah, they do. Absolutely, underutilised um, the councils. I think it's a, it's a great suggestion. Um, no one is against um, doing the right thing. And, and sort of just touching on that too, David. I actually had a meeting with Trade Me today, and I actually raised the topic around you know making sure all properties on a marketplace are compliant. And they told me they are they are making some steps towards that. But I think it's also those big. It's the advertising places that, you know, there needs to be questions in there and tick box in there for private landlords. Does this comply with all local standards? Does it have all the consents? Is it compliant? None of those questions are asked. And if you're a large online marketplace selling supposedly quality rental properties for people to live in, you should at least be able to guarantee to all the tenants on your site that everything, you know, meets all the required boxes. So I think a lot of it comes down to the marketing platforms as well. That's a great idea. That's a great idea. So that's basically what we're saying there is that the likes of Trade Me, which which has the vast majority of rental properties and maybe real estate and wandering, that they should be saying, look, you know, um, 
if your property is coming on here, you're guaranteeing or even get to the point where they're saying you need to provide proof that this is good. You, you've seen it on Trade Me. Trade Me have advertised in some terrible places. I mean, you're right. Is the responsibility on these websites which are um, listing these properties to make sure the properties are compliant? And are they potentially reaching things like Fair Trading Act and Consumer Guarantees Act by advertising a product which is not fit for purpose? Well, I mean, we have a partnership with Trade Me, as you guys know, and they are taking this stuff very, very seriously. They are absolutely uh, pro doing the right thing. They're pro healthy homes. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they care very much about um, this and, and don't want to be the platform where people uh, list non compliant properties. So um, they are totally, uh, you know, watch this space, really. I think something is going to happen for sure, um, which is great. Which is really good. Yeah, yeah. Just to finish off with, guys, I mean, we'll go back to this this article from Paul Hunt, and, and I'll I'll read out the, the final part of, of his, and I'd be interested to get your guys' opinions on this. So, Addison, I'll come to you first. The government deserves yeah. credit for making the most significant changes to tenancy laws in decades, but deeper change to our rental system is needed. Parliament needs. Parliament regulates businesses so they advance human rights for everyone. Investing in rental property should be no different. We mustn't forget that a home is first and foremost a fundamental human right, not an investment. That's why the Human Rights Commission is calling for a conversation about the right to a decent home for the growing number of renters in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Thoughts on that? Well, my, my first thought on that is that if he's saying that a home is first and foremost a fundamental human right, shouldn't the government just be giving everybody a house? Hmm. Like that, that to me, yes, it's a fundamental right that everyone does have a shelter. Um, but, you know, I mean, you, you get to the point where you can buy a house and then you buy an investment for someone to rent in it who is not in the position or doesn't choose um, to buy a house, it's quite. In a lot of these articles we read, they assume that the renter is renting because they cannot afford to buy a house, and that is a very old-fashioned way of thinking about a tenant or a renter. You know, a lot of the renters and tenants that we deal with own properties in other areas, but it's easier or more cost-effective for them to be renting in Wellington um, or wherever they are right now. So that's really all I've really got to say on it. Uh, it just feels and reads like a bit of political posturing, to be honest. And it's also a fundamental human right to make a buck. And um, there are a lot of people out there that invest in property to get ahead. Good on them. Um, there are a lot of people out there that invest in property to create a home uh, for, for people that aren't in, in the same position as they are. And a lot of people choose to rent. So I just think it lacks insight and credibility. Anyway, a good discussion again, fellas. And uh, Addison's got bored. He's looking at his mobile phone. I can see him there in Wellington. He's probably just uh, on his Uber Eats for his dinner on the way home. Um, yeah, you've got to go. All right. You've got to go. Will's got to go. All right. So thanks, guys. And we'll see you again next week for another episode or another um, interview. 
uh, discussing with the three of us on the on the alternative property management show. See you soon, guys. Thanks a lot. Goodbye. Thanks, guys. See, See ya. ya. See ya. Thank you for tuning in to the Alternative Property Management Podcast, powered by Renty and the PMC.